All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling. This is State of the Braves. I'm George McNair. And before we get into this episode, I just want to encourage you guys once again. Well, first, I want to thank you guys for your support. But I do want to encourage you once again, especially if you are watching on YouTube, to continue to um, to share this podcast with Braves fans in your life. I am trying to get to 500 subscribers by the end of this postseason. That's the goal uh, that I would love to accomplish. And you guys are number one, uh, how I will get there. So please help me out, guys. Uh, any Braves fans in your life, fr uh, family, friends, those you work with, uh, please help me out there. And of course, the more subscribers we can get, the more content I can get to you guys. So again, thank you so much for your support and let's keep going together as Braves fans. All right, so this has been uh, kind of uh, not a very fun week as a Braves fan. You know, it started great. The Braves clinched last week, and, and everyone's feeling good about things, especially clinching against the Phillies. But the Braves go down to Miami, and it is a um, the roughest three-game series probably all season. The Braves just get totally torched in that series. And then the Braves come back home and lose two out of three to Philly, which is never fun. It never feels good. And it can leave you kind of worried, right? Worried a little bit about uh, are the Braves hitting this lull that they won't be able to get out of as the postseason is approaching. And then we get news of both Max Fried and Charlie Morton going down. So there's been a lot of negative over this last week. I want to tackle that. And, uh, you know, I think some concerns are totally legitimate. I think other concerns are um, not something we really need to worry too much about. You know, the first thing I would want to talk about, or I do want to talk about, is how the Braves uh, probably took their foot off the gas a little too much going into Miami. I think some of this is very, very natural human nature, right? You you have this great, um, this great accomplishment of winning the National League East, and you do it against the Phillies, right? So there's that added emotional part to it. And uh, you have a day off the very next day after your celebration and you're in Miami with for that day off. So who knows what, what the Braves were doing during that day off, right? And then even playing in Miami. I mentioned this last episode, but it's a weird place to play on top of the fact that Miami themselves are fighting for a playoff spot and have been playing well. And uh, I think just all those things kind of came together for the Braves to just get absolutely torched. They never seem like they were emotionally in that series at all. But then, of course, you come home and it's hard to just, you know, turn on the switch, flip the switch, and suddenly start playing really high-level, focused baseball once again. And they really didn't do that. They weren't able to do that against the Phillies either. The, um, the final game of that series, the Braves come back in the eighth inning. Looks like they might win the game. They get a runner thrown out in the ninth. And then the Phillies end up winning that game of the 10th. And it's just a total downer. So, of course, all of this is within the perspective that the Braves have already won the National League East, right? The Braves have already clinched a postseason bye. They are, however, still fighting for the best record in the National League and the best record in baseball. They have a lot to play for. And as I've said, you really want to be playing well and playing tight going into the postseason. So, you know, some people will say health is really the only thing that matters. Uh, I've heard, you know, the argument that it doesn't really matter how you finish after you clinch it all. It's just about, you know, once the postseason starts, it's a totally new start. 
I don't know that I totally buy that. I do understand generally that argument. The Braves, when they won the World Series in 2021, did not finish the um, the end of the regular season uh, totally on fire. The Phillies, it wasn't like they were on fire going into the postseason year, then they go all the way the way. Um, generally, you want to feel good about where you are. Do I still think that feel good about that? Yes. Uh, do I think some things that are coming down the pike here just at the end of the season are causing some areas of question to, to come up? Definitely so. And so we're going to address those. And I think most of, actually, no, let me stop. All of the questions revolve around the pitching staff, right? You feel good about this offense. Uh, I mean, they are historically good. Even some guys who've, you know, quieted down. I mean, the catching tandem hasn't hit all that well in the second half. You've got a couple guys who aren't doing all that much with the bat recently. But this is a historic offense that you feel very confident with. So it is really all about the pitching staff, both the starting staff now and the bullpen, which has been shaky all September. So let's start with the pitching staff. And of course, the news that both Max Freed and Charlie Morton are having finger issues. So Max Freed, you know, he misses a start. Uh, they skip a start because of a, a blister issue. This is something he's dealt with dealt with in the past, and apparently it's cropping up here right at the end of the season. Great timing, of course, on that. Uh, but he skipped a start, then he came back against the Nationals just a couple nights ago, pitched great, but then apparently in the sixth inning was feeling the blister coming back. So the Braves shut him down and put him on the IL to end the season. So of course, Freed will be able to come back to make his postseason start. And yet, you don't know how this blister is going to affect his pitching performance. Uh, hopefully, it will heal and disappear before uh, this start happens, but it could pop back up, right? And, um, and it could be something that for the postseason could really affect him. Hopefully not, but we just don't know. Is it a major concern for me? No. Am I really concerned that Freed is going to miss his last start or two of the regular season and he won't be sharp enough in the postseason. I would prefer him to start games leading into the season and not have a huge break, but I'm not as concerned with him just because he has proven in the past to be able to take a start or two off and come back really sharp. Uh, and, you know, his arm is certainly very fresh and I feel really good generally about where Freed is in his performance going into the postseason. So it's not the best thing to happen, of course, but I'm not incredibly concerned about Freed. Now, Charlie Morton might be a different case, okay? So, of course, uh, he comes out last night against the Nationals after just one inning. Uh, I was super concerned when that happened, and, um, you know, you don't know what's going on. So it comes out that um, he came out with discomfort in his right index finger uh, after the very first out of the game was recorded. He started feeling this. He was able to get through the first inning, but then shut it down after that. You know, some part of me thinks that the Braves are just taking an abundance of caution here, just like with Freed. They're not going to push anything that doesn't need to be pushed, right? Especially with a 39-year-old Charlie Morton. But the fact is they're doing x-rays and MRIs. And when you start doing that stuff, it must be at least potentially more serious than like a Max Freed blister or or something just that's kind of random. So they did the x-ray on Morton. 
Uh, that came back negative, but they are doing an MRI on the finger today. Uh, I, I would assume to determine any ligament damage. So um, we can hold our breath. Uh, it's supposed to, the news is supposed to come out at some point today, today is Saturday. So we will uh, just maybe continue to, uh, to follow uh, Braves.com or, or Twitter or whatever to get our news on that. But hopefully all will be well. And Charlie, um, you know, when he is supposed to make that start in, in the NLDS, you would assume he would get the number, you know, the game three start. Hopefully he is raring to go. I do worry a little bit more about him in terms of being fresh. Uh, as you guys know, he can be kind of start to start with his command. And um, he didn't start this past game very well, too. But, of course, you, you start thinking if he was having discomfort with that finger, that uh, explains some of that. Uh, but suddenly, if Morton is out, I mean, let's just say, worst case scenario, Morton's done for the season with a significant finger injury. Um, then Kyle Wright and Bryce Elder become way more important to what the Braves are trying to do to get to a World Series and to win a World Series. And, you know, that doesn't create a ton of confidence. Elder has been really shaky in the second half, and Kyle Wright has not shown since he's come back from his shoulder injury. He's not shown all that much. Um, the other thing I think about just specific to Charlie Morton is, if he can't come back this season, is he done? Is he done for his career? Is he done as a Brave? Uh, you know, he's said some things uh, in some interviews lately that might hint at the uh, fact that he could retire. You know, he has that $20 million option for next year, um, but he has young kids at home and people who know him say that's a big draw. That's a big pull for him to just be done. And we simply don't know. And maybe he still doesn't know. Uh, but I do, it is in the back of my mind and hopefully we don't have to worry about the worst case scenario. He will be back for the postseason, and the Braves can make another magical run. But Elder and Wright do not inspire a ton of confidence right now. Okay. Elder had an amazing first half. You know, he's an all-star. He certainly earned that. I mean, at one point he was leading the National League in ERA, but uh, he has not been the same pitcher in the second half. He's had some good starts, but he's been wildly inconsistent, and especially with his command, and especially with his command off of his slider, which uh, half the time it's like he can't put it in there as a strike. Um, you know, he's just kind of, uh, it's down and away, and it's in the dirt, and then half the time he's hanging it, and it's a home run. And uh, so th that's not good. Um, as we know, Elder doesn't have the kind of stuff where he's dominating people and he can blow a fastball by you. He needs his command. Uh, so when he's out there and he's got it, he's good. Uh, but he just has not been consistent with that at all. And as far as Kyle Wright goes, he's yet to show that he's back, right? That he's fully back. His first two starts have been really more like his last two rehab starts. You know, I think the Braves, if everything had just fallen the way they wanted it to, they would have given him two more rehab starts than he got. Instead, you know, he's had to go two starts against the Phillies and their tough lineup, and things have not gone well for him. He has flashed some good things, uh, but clearly he's still working to get back his command and just get back into the swing of normal baseball. So overall, the results simply have not been there for him yet, uh, and I think the last start or two that he's going to get before the postseason starts is going to be super important. If Kyle Wright suddenly pitches two really good games and proves that he's back, 
that's a huge thing for the Braves, whether Morton comes back or not, but especially if Morton does not come back. One thing I will say about Kyle Wright is he had really bad luck in that last start in Philly. The two home runs he gives up, both were not even strikes. Uh, one, the guy swung at a fastball at his neck and somehow put it out the opposite way to right field. And then Bryce Harper on um, a curveball off the plate away just puts a good swing on the ball and hits it out the other way as well. So, um, you know, those two are not evidence that Kyle Wright doesn't have good stuff. We know that Kyle Wright fully 100% is the best option for your number three, number four starter. Uh, he has great stuff. He won 21 games last year, but he just hadn't shown it yet since coming back from injury. So hopefully in these last starts, he can do that. So when you start thinking about the playoff outlook for the starting staff, um, look, like I said, I'm not too concerned about Freed, though you prefer this blister issue not to be there right now. But the fact is, I still feel good if Freed and Strider are full go, and even if Charlie Morton is out, I still think the Braves have a real good shot at getting to and winning the World Series. Uh, a fully healthy Charlie Morton with those other two guys you know, it changes the game that much more in the Braves' favor. But this is not the be-all, end-all, I don't think, to determine the Braves' fortunes. Uh, it would be harder. It would put more pressure on the bullpen, which obviously has not been very good in September. And it would put more on the offense. But the good news there is the Braves have the best offense in baseball. And the Braves have proven that they can go against really, really good pitchers, like recently, you know, going against the Phillies pitchers and um, and guys like uh, Wheeler and putting up six runs on them. So they can do that. They're capable more than any other offense in baseball. And it would not shock me if the Braves offense simply took them all the way to a World Series title. The other thing that you can do in the playoffs, if you do have to go more to uh, elder or right, is you can have a quicker hook in the playoffs. There's more you know, there are more games or more days off in between games, and you can lean on your bullpen a little bit more to get through a game. If, let's say, Elder can only go three or four innings and he's giving up a few runs, you, you get him out early. And if your, bull, if your bullpen is pitching well, and of course, I know that's a big if right now, but if your bullpen's pitching well, you can get through that game and still win that game. And that's, you know, kind of like what happened yesterday against the Nationals. Um, you have to take Morton out after an inning. The bullpen wasn't spectacular, but the offense scores nine, and you win the game nine to six. The other guy that is just in the back of my mind, uh, if this pitching staff, uh, you know, if Elder and Wright especially don't prove themselves near the end here, A.J. smith Shaver, I still think he's waiting in the wings, and I still think he is a wild card in terms of having a different starting option, a guy with great stuff, who if you needed him to make a spot start, you're in way better position than, guys, remember, even when the Braves won 20, the World Series in 2021, who started World Series games? Tucker Davidson started a World Series game, right? Dylan Lee started a World Series game. Would you feel better suddenly if you needed to lean on A.J. smith Shaver to start a game? I'd feel better about that than those other guys, and, and they made it work, right? And they won the World Series. So, Again, it's not how you would want to draw it up, but I do think the Braves still, in terms of their starting staff, as long as Freed is fine, uh, the Braves are in better position than they were even in 2021. 
so that's the op optimistic look, and I do think it's legitimate. Uh, but I am less optimistic about the bullpen. Now, a good um, thing that has happened recently is Jesse Chavez has returned from the injured list finally. And in his first appearance out of the bullpen, looked very good. He goes two and a third innings, no earned runs, only gives up one hit and one walk. And just honestly looks like he's back. And, uh, you know, we, we want to see him make a few more starts or, st sorry, a few more appearances uh, before the end of the season uh, to, to kind of check every box that you want him to check. But if you have a healthy, uh, effective Jesse Chavez that you can bring in out of the bullpen, it's just one more bullet in your gun that you can go to. And it's really important for a bullpen that has been struggling that I think is probably wearing down a little bit. Uh, just to get another arm, uh, effective arm in that bullpen. So if he can be, remember last time I talked about the Braves needing four or five guys that they can fully trust coming out of that bullpen in October. And Chavez clearly can be one of those guys, right? You need four or five guys. And if he can be one of them, you're adding him and you're dropping a guy. You know, I think I mentioned Tonkin last time as a guy I was kind of iffy on because he's he hasn't pitched quite as well. You know, drop him out of those top four or five slots and you put Chavez in there instead, you're feeling a lot better about uh, the guys at the top. So Chavez and, you know, A.J. Minter and Iglesias and, uh, you know, probably um, Pierce Johnson and I don't know who the number five guy would be, but you could battle it out um, and maybe see who's pitching the best going into October. You also have Nick Anderson as another wild card who might be able to come back at some point in the postseason. I think he's a little iffy. Um, the timing is just tough as he is making some uh, rehab starts currently in Gwinnett. But we'll, we'll see on him. Uh, but Chavez is super important, not just for what he gives you on the field. Of course, that's really important. And he can give you multiple innings out of the bullpen like he did in this uh, first uh, appearance back. But he provides a huge lift in the clubhouse and in the bullpen. And I think bullpen more than any other uh, piece of um, of any clubhouse is all about vibe and uh, bringing back Chavez for those guys who've been struggling some recently, right? I think it's going to relax them, and I think you're probably going to get uh, a better a better performance out of the bullpen in this last week leading up to the postseason. All right, guys, on some brighter news, let's focus a little bit on Ronald Acuna, and of course, last night. Against the Nationals, Acuna makes some more history. He hit his 40th home run, which, uh, you know, it culminates this amazing season with 40 home runs. And now he becomes the fifth player in baseball history with a 40-40 season. Of course, Ronald has way more than 40 stolen bases. He currently has 68. So he is the only player in baseball history with a 40-60 season. And um, he is knocking on the door of becoming the first player for a 40-70 season. Man, just what an amazing, amazing season for Ronald Acuna. Where will he finish? Will he set the Braves record for 73 stolen bases, passing Otis Nixon? Um, he certainly got a shot at it. Uh, you know, he, he has proven that his legs are fine. He missed a couple games in Miami with a, a little bit of a strained calf muscle. He looks totally healthy, raring to go. And um, I would not put it past him, guys, to, to set that record and maybe hit a couple more home runs while he's at it. 
Uh, you probably saw this on social media, but if you're not on social media, just really cool video coming out of uh, in his hometown of uh, in Venezuela, them just going nuts after he hit his 40th home run. It just clearly matters a lot to that country and to Ronald. I mean, it was really cool to watch him go around the bases, you know, raising his hands, pumping his fists. It clearly mattered to him. And of all the things he's done so far this season, this one clearly was one that, you know, he had set his sights on and I'm sure was a huge, uh, you know, career goal that he's had and he was able to accomplish it. Just the fifth player in Major League history. No player has ever done it twice. And of course, Ronald's only 25. He's got a lot of opportunity to do this again. Uh, he was very close to doing it a few seasons ago, but he had to shut. Um, he had a, a hamstring pull and he had to shut it down in the last week or so. So he couldn't get to 40 stolen bases. But uh, guys, he is certainly capable of doing it not just one more time, but maybe several more times. Um, his next milestone that, that I'm looking for, and the broadcast has mentioned this a few times, is Ronald is also knocking on the door of 150 runs scored in a season. He currently has scored 143 runs. Why is that so impressive or so important? In the modern era of baseball, only three players have ever scored 150 runs or more. So those players are Jeff Bagwell scored 152 runs in 2000. Ted Williams scored 150 runs in 1949. And Joe DiMaggio scored 151 runs in 1937. Now, what do all three of those players have um, in common? Of course, they're all Hall of Famers. And Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio are, you know, probably Mount Rushmore Hall of Famers. So uh, to do it, you know, it it's going to take a, a, a good finish. But Ronald Acuna is playing his best baseball of the year right now in September. He is finishing really, really strong. And um, like I said, anything that he's doing right now this year, I'm not going to um, vote against him or, um, you know, go, go in the negative direction. I think Ronald will do it and get to 150 runs. And that is one of the more impressive things he could do all season. Ronald, you know, he is marching towards the MVP race. I think he has totally flipped it. Um, starting in that Dodgers series where everybody was talking about Mookie Betts. I think ever since that time, Ronald has just totally taken the MVP from Mookie. He currently leads the majors in runs, hits, steals, on-base percentage, and total bases. And he leads the National League in OPS at 1,013. Uh, just incredible stuff. Uh, the only other 40-40 season, so remember, there have been four other guys with a 40-40 season. Barry Bonds is the only other 40-40 guy who also hit over 1,000 OPS in a season. That was in 1996. Bonds actually probably should have won the MVP that year, and he only finished sixth, or sorry, fifth. He finished fifth. Kim Caminiti won the MVP in 96, which I totally even, that I forgot <laughs> that Caminiti ever won an MVP. Um he was probably on steroids at the time. Caminiti, you know, came out later in his career and admitted that. But um, Bonds, of course, has his own steroids history. But, you know, that's one of the MVPs that probably he should have won and did not. But, you know, Barry Bonds didn't make a lot of friends. Uh, 
Um, and sometimes I wonder, especially earlier in his career, if he missed out on some MVPs just because nobody really liked him. Uh, meanwhile, back to Ronald Acuna, uh, he's also closed the gap in war. You know, So if you're a pro Mookie Betts guy for MVP, the main thing you really have to look at is wins above replacement. And really all year, Mookie has led Ronald in that, especially over the last couple months. But suddenly, the gap has narrowed greatly. Okay, so baseball reference war, Mookie is at 8.1, and Ronald is all the way up to 8.0. Um, at Fangraph's war, it's a little bit of a difference. Mookie still at 8.1, but Ronald is at 7.8. You know, the thing with Mookie Betts and what gives him a little more war probably in every season that he'll play, he's a terrific right field defender, but also he plays some second base. And middle infielders, if you're a good middle infield defender, uh, you're going to accumulate some more defensive war. And so I really think that's probably where the difference is. But if you're judging these guys on offensive standard, it is all about Ronald Acuna and what he has done this season. Um, so it would shock me at this point if Mookie Betts won the MVP. You do want to see Ronald finish well with one more week. We, the Braves have eight games remaining. Uh, you want to see them, you know, obviously the Braves finish well, but Ronald, um, you know, just hopefully he shows out for eight more games and puts this thing um, in his rearview mirror and wins the MVP. So one, uh, one thing that's coming up, guys, that could complicate the end of the season for the Braves is that the weather in Washington is not good for these last two games. In fact, the Saturday game has already been postponed. There's a tropical storm on the horizon. And right now, they've scheduled a doubleheader for Sunday. But I would be shocked if, the, if they were able to get those games in. Uh, I was actually planning to go watch that game on Sunday, and now I likely will not simply because of the weather. And so um, what happens, right? Uh, there is some potential fallout from this just for the Braves trying to, uh, you know, manipulate and plan their pitching staff leading into the postseason and that sort of thing. So, you know, what is the impact of this? Uh, would they try to play? Uh, on a scheduled, the you know, Monday is the scheduled day off. Would they try to play these games on a Monday and then the Braves don't get an off day before they travel home? That seems pretty rough. Um, if you don't make up these games at all, um, does Wright and Strider only get one more start each? It was kind of likely they would both get two more starts before this. Uh, so that, you know, you would like to see Kyle Wright make two more starts and kind of prove himself. Uh, and you'd really like Strider to be fresh and, you know, get maybe that last uh, game or two in as a start leading into the playoffs. So he's fresh for his first start. So I think it potentially could really screw up some of that timing. Uh, but also what happens if, let's say the Dodgers end with 103 wins and the Braves are sitting at 102 wins with two games remaining that they need to make up. You know, they need to make up these two games against the Nationals. It could really be weird, um, and I don't know how that would be, um, how baseball would deal with that kind of situation for best record. So, look, maybe they'll be able to get these games in Sunday. I'm no weatherman. I'm, I could be wrong. But if these games get postponed or canceled, uh, I think it could be really interesting to see how the Braves uh, choose to deal with th this stuff. 
So anyways, guys, um, after this series in Washington, however it concludes, the Braves will return home to face the Cubs. Once again, the Braves are, are playing a wildcard team fighting for their playoff lives. Right now, the Cubs have a one-game lead for the last playoff spot. And so that, that series will be very interesting. I do think you'll see Wright and Strider pitch in that series, uh, especially if uh, these two games in Washington don't happen. Uh, ultimately, the Braves' magic number to clinch uh, home field advantage for the National League over the Dodgers is six. So I really think if the Braves just play 500 baseball, go four and four in the last eight, they're going to easily get there. Uh, obviously, I would love for them to play better than that and really go into the postseason cruising. Uh, but four and four would at least get them where they would want to be with the best record in the National League. I believe they have one or two more games um, uh, over the um, or the Orioles have you know one more win than the Dodgers, so it might be a little tougher for the Braves uh, to get um, home field advantage for the entirety of the postseason. At this point, they might have to go five and three. Look, go six and two, cruise into the postseason, get the best record in all baseball, and the Braves really should have the best record. They've been the best team all year, and uh, they should finish this out strong. So hopefully, Braves fans, that's exactly what we'll see. We will certainly be watching, and hopefully we'll be able to have a game on Sunday and cheer on the Braves tomorrow. Well, guys, I hope you have a great one. Please uh, keep supporting State of the Braves. Again, I definitely appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon.